know. So uh, it's been the talk of town. So, uh, and I want to tell you before we read this scripture that this is one of my favorite scriptures. It wasn't always one of my favorites, but it became that way a couple years ago through a youth trip and a youth lesson that I did one time. So uh, let's go to the word. It's going to be Luke 5, Luke 5, 17 through 26. That's Luke 5, 17 through 26. It says that Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into a, into a house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began to think to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. The word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Loving God, I pray that you will give me the words to say. I pray that it will not be my words, but your words. I pray that we will all learn something this morning. Something about uh, doing whatever it takes, whatever it takes to reach others and see others restored in your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I know you've heard this scripture before, right? And I had heard it several times too, but uh, I found myself a couple years ago on a youth group trip to Mobile, Alabama. And it was a mission trip there. Uh, it was called Raise the Roof. And it was with a United Methodist Church, uh, Dolphin Way United Methodist. And, and it was an Episcopal church there. They partner together every summer and do home repair, uh, roof repair for people that need it in downtown Mobile, Alabama. I'm afraid of heights, so it was a, that was a stretch for me. This trip was already a stretch. And this scripture is the scripture they use on all their t-shirts, all their logos, all that sort of thing uh, for this organization called Raise the Roof. So uh, as we're there on this youth trip, I took a picture of one of the teenagers that we had working on the roof. As soon as I posted that picture on Facebook, I started to get messages from a church member. And uh, the, the messages were like this. Why is that kid not strapped in? Because uh, you're supposed to be harnessed in to the roof when you're doing roof repair. You could get sued. Uh, somebody's going to get hurt. You're going to get in all kinds of trouble. And uh, at first, I was a bit agitated by the message. But then I was so glad later on because I can use it for sermon illustrations, right? No, I actually love this church member. And he, he was trying to watch my back for me, all right? He was trying to help me out. So uh, here's what happened. I was able to show him, that was a close-up, zoomed-in picture of this teenager working. I was able to show him the real picture before it was cropped. 
And you could see that the child was strapped into the roof doing roof repair. But then I also showed him pictures from the ground. I stayed on the ground most of the time because I'm afraid of heights. But on the ground, this is what you would see of doing the roof repair at this ministry. You would see kids on the ground passing items up to other kids working on the roof. Zoom out a little more, you would see that the neighbor down the street is now lending his lawnmower so we can mow the yard of the person we're doing roof repair for. So you see, not only is the person inside the house, their home is being restored, right? But also ministry is happening in the neighborhood as people are watching someone's roof being repaired. A neighbor has now gotten involved as well. You have kids on the ground helping, help everywhere, right? So let's go back to the scripture we just read that you've read a hundred times. What if you could see a picture of this scene? You would see a house filled with people listening to Jesus. And and I think it would be one of those houses that's super crowded because they can't even fit in to bring their friend in. I'm thinking they're so close together, they're uncomfortable. It looks like shoulders are touching. That's how crowded it is. I don't know about you, but I don't like when it's that crowded. But get that image in your head. Super crowded house. Now, imagine that this is a picture that we can zoom out a little bit, right? We zoom out of the people in the house listening to Jesus. What are you going to see on the roof? You're going to see crazy people on the roof. That's what you're going to say. You're going to say, those people are nuts. They're on the roof. What are they doing? And if you zoom out a little more, you might even see some people on the ground telling them what to do. This is how you lower. This is the sort of thing. Passing supplies up. Uh, So imagine this scene. And I imagine if if we could see the people that help their friend get to Jesus, they're probably covered in sweat. Because it's not easy to carry someone on a mat, is it? I don't like carrying things. I can't imagine carrying somebody a far distance to go see Jesus. Uh, So I imagine they're sweaty, they're tired. uh, And and not only if we zoomed out this picture, but what if we could rewind the story a little bit? What happened before they took the paralyzed man on the mat? Do you think they had any planning to get ready? I bet they had to think this through. How are we going to get our friend to this house? Because that's not an easy task to carry somebody on a mat. So I imagine uh, they had this crazy idea of let's find where Jesus is and let's go. I don't know if they planned days ahead of time, weeks ahead of time. We're not sure. But I know they had to plan on getting their friend there. And I imagine they had one friend in that group, the adventurous one. The one who doesn't always think things through but has the crazy idea when they're there. Oh, let's just go on the roof and let's just put a hole in it and go through, right? That's the adventurous, crazy friend. And then I'm sure they had to have the friend, the responsible one, kind of the engineer, the smart one, that says, we could do that, but here's how we have to do it, and comes up with a plan. And then I bet for this whole trip, this whole adventure, they probably had that friend who's like the overpacker, overorganized. I need that person in my life, because I don't remember anything when I go somewhere. But they had to have that person who's like, well, let's take water, and what if somebody gets hurt, and they bring all of that stuff. So you have different types of friends that have made this happen. And after they are willing to carry their friend, which is no easy task, they carry their friend. Then they come up with a strategy of going through the roof. They see the impossible. They see their friend meet Jesus, and they see their friend restored. He picks up his mat and walks away. This is life-changing for him. Because not only is he healed physically... But even the bigger miracle is he's healed spiritually. So, so we zoomed out of the story, right? And, 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 and we even rewound the story. But what do you think happened afterwards? Because this guy's life was changed drastically. This man's are forgiven. This man's sins are forgiven. 
Have you ever encountered somebody that really believes their sins are forgiven, that like really gets it? Uh, somebody that you know they'd encountered Jesus? That's what I imagine with this guy. He is, he knows he, he has met Jesus. He has encountered Jesus. His life has changed. And we also see that he's healed physically. He's no longer paralyzed. Uh, this changes everything for him. So there's a lot of tasks that we take for granted every day, but now he's able to go to the grocery store by himself. He is able to get a job if he wasn't able to work before. He is able to go out and play soccer with people in town if he wants to. He can do whatever he wants now. His life has changed. Uh, and can you imagine the impact that has on him, but also those in his community? When he goes to the market, that changes the people that see him because they see somebody who has encountered Jesus. And imagine the friends who were there, the ones who saw this man transformed right there in front of their eyes. Their life was changed. They don't just leave that experience and go back to normal. They are going to tell everybody they know that they saw Jesus encounter with this person. Their lives were changed. And it changes a whole community. Imagine the caretakers of the paralyzed man, his family that had taken care of him for years. This changes their life too. So everybody in the neighborhood would see the results of what Jesus did that day. So you have the healed man, his friends, his family, his neighbors, all experience, experiencing a miracle. If I showed you a picture of our youth group on a Wednesday night, right? Youth group here is 6th grade to 12th grade. You might not recognize all the kids in a picture or even a youth trip. We just got back from Camp Lee, a youth retreat. So whether it's a picture from there or a Wednesday night, you might not recognize all of the teenagers in a picture that we take of a kid doing a Bible study. Because uh, some kids might go to early service. And then some that come here on Wednesday night, they call that their church. They may never have walked in here on a Sunday morning. But they say, oh, I go to church there. And they, they come here on Wednesdays. Then we have others that come from different denominations. And they find a place on our Wednesday night church. So just imagine this picture. And you would see teenagers having a Bible study, but what we don't always see is that adventurous team behind it, because we have the best helpers and chaperones in this church that anybody could ask for. And, and on Wednesday night, if you could rewind the story, you would see people cleaning the kitchen after we had dinner, getting things ready for the kids to come here and experience Jesus. Because any teenager or even our children's ministry, any kid that went to school that day, might need healing and restoration, just like the paralyzed man in the story. Because we don't know what happened that day at school. We don't know if they have self-esteem issues. We don't know if there's bullying going on at their school. We don't know if they've had home problems. But we do know that we encounter kids, teenagers, on a regular basis that come into our building that need healing and restoration that only Jesus can give. And we, as our youth helpers and our youth team, is an adventurous team. And our teenagers that come here are adventurous. And I would like to say that we're willing to do whatever it takes, cut a hole in the roof, lower kids down, whatever it takes, so they can encounter Jesus. And I hope that's our, the, the way for our whole church. I see our ladle of love and so many ministries that go on. Are we willing to do whatever it takes for people to encounter Jesus? I want to ask you this, if we were to fast forward a story 
right? Like we did in this story, we, we try to see what happened after the man met Jesus, encountered Jesus. The same would be true with any of the ministries that take place in this church, not just youth, not just children. We could say Ladle of Love. We could say United Methodist Women. We could see the exercise group that meets upstairs, right? Uh, any group that meets here, the Early Learning Center. I don't know if everybody knows, but we do have uh, the Early Learning Center here uh, Monday through Thursday every day where our teachers are ministering to these kids. They have a chapel service, and they're ministering to these families as well. So there's ministry going on all the time here, all the time here. And what happens, what happens if through all of these ministries that somebody encounters Jesus and their life is restored? It impacts a school, it impacts their home, and it impacts their community when you see somebody who has been restored by Jesus. So I want to say that we are willing to do whatever it takes in this church to see people restored. And, and, and when we talk about youth ministry, I want to say there's something that makes our youth ministry a little unique to the area. Uh, we have a question box where kids can ask any question they want. And this past Wednesday, I dug in the box and I said, we're going to answer some of these. And one of the questions was, uh, why do some churches not allow women preachers, right? I love that we can celebrate in the United Methodist Church that we are unique in that. That maybe to this area, everybody doesn't do that. But we believe that women have the same call that men have. And to be able to tell that to a room full of kids on a Wednesday night, who some have come from different backgrounds, because there could be a woman in that room at any time, a young woman any time in that room that says, I've never been told, I've always been told I can't be a preacher or I can't serve in that capacity. The freedom and the restoration that is there. And we also have something else unique is that we teach with a Wesleyan theology, a Wesleyan view of scripture. And, and there's so much grace and love there that's not always seen everywhere. And I also love that in this place, we have a slogan in the Methodist Church. It's open hearts, open minds, open doors. And yes, we still have work to do there. But in our youth ministry, in our kids ministry, uh, in several of the ministries of the church, no matter what somebody's background is, whether they have doubts and questions about their faith, whether they are atheists, whether they grew up and were baptized in the church, it doesn't matter. Everybody, rich or poor, no exception, is welcomed on the journey in the United Methodist Church. So we have something to celebrate, something unique here, uh, and we are doing whatever it takes for people to encounter Jesus in this place. So we've been talking uh, about the stewardship campaign right now uh, and, and talking about excelling in the grace of giving, excelling in making a difference, helping our neighbors into restoration that comes through Jesus Christ. The scripture we've been using for that is 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 8, 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. But I wanted to say when I think of giving, I think of so much more than finances. Because I think our challenge is to excel in giving of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, and our witness. So if, if, if we just take a big picture of what goes on here, the so many different ministries that take place, the teenagers in this church that I talked about, they desperately need the rest of the church. Would you agree? They need you to excel in your, in your grace of giving, uh, of service, witness, right? They need you. I would say that you also need the youth in this church desperately. 
We just recently had a fall festival here. Do you know who ran most of the games? The teenagers did. They did. Uh, we have our Easter egg hunt. Do you know who hides the eggs? The teenagers do. When we have youth service week and the kids go around in the community, you know who does that? That's our teenagers. So we desperately need them in our church. We need them. And they give us life. They give us hope. They show us energy. But also, the teenagers desperately need you. You were there when they got baptized. You were there when they got confirmed. You've been praying for them. You've been helping with youth ministry, encouraging them when you see them in the halls of the church. But I think we all desperately need each other. And the story of the man who was lowered down to meet Jesus, that took a team of people working together, a unique team that was very different probably in some of their ideas. We all desperately need each other. I want to say this in closing, that if you parked here today, you came here today, you didn't just come to any church. You came somewhere because you're on an adventurous team. You parked at a downtown church. I've been in several churches, uh, but when you're at a downtown church, you've signed up for an adventure. Do you agree? It's an adventure here. And sometimes those adventures stress us out. Sometimes they're a blessing. But this is not an easy cakewalk type of church. This is an adventure. This is an adventure. I have youth that are going to pass something out to you right now. If you are a teenager, I have things for you to pass out. Afton, I think if you go out that door, you can go into a sneaky choir door to give them something right there. They have a, they have a secret compartment door over there behind Mr. Benny. Uh, so they're giving you something. They're giving you something that you're going to take home. Because every single person in this church... Because you're at a downtown church, uh, we are called to excel in giving, right? Because we want to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to see our community changed, to see people restored by Jesus, to see people healed, whether that is uh, some type of uh, physical healing, but also healed financially, healed from whatever burdens they're carrying. We want to see people restored. What you're getting right now is a puzzle piece, a puzzle piece from the teenagers, because the teenagers need you to be a piece of the puzzle and excel in giving, right? This is the first time you've gotten puzzle pieces at church, isn't it? When everybody gets their piece, we're going we're gonna to pray. But I want you to think about that. When you, when you leave today, I want you to put that in your purse, in your wallet, somewhere. Somewhere that it will bug you. Every time you see it, you'll say, Oh, that's right. I'm part of that church that needs me. They need me. There's a place for me to serve, to give, to help, to be an encouragement to others. Because we need all of you. We need givers, thinkers, organizers. We need people that are strong. We need people with courage. As they're passing those out, I'm going to pray while they're passing those out. Is that all right? Because they'll still keep going. Oh, we have a whole section over there that needs to give something. All right, if you don't have one yet, it's coming. And uh, there's a whole section in there. This, it's coming to you. But I want you to think about your puzzle piece. And they're still going to be coming. Let's pray as they're still passing those out. Loving God, you have called every single one of us here. And we are at a downtown church. We're unique. You've called us for a special purpose. 
We need to be adventurous. We need to be giving. You've called us to something great here. And God, I pray that you will make every one of us, every one of us, uh, with the mindset that we will do whatever it takes to see people restored by you. If that's carrying people on the mat, if that's cutting a hole in the roof, whatever it takes, whether it's for kids, whether it's for elderly people, whatever it is that you may be calling us to see people restored, we are part of that team. Every single one of us has has talents and gifts that are needed in this place. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. As, those are, uh, as the kids are still passing those out, would you stand and sing with us?